Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Media Podcast Network. All right, everybody, it is Thursday, August thirty first. 2023, and it is indeed a heck of a morning. We are live on the MMA Fighting Twitter spaces. You hear the show in its entirety shortly thereafter on the MMA Fighting Podcasting Network. Hello, everybody. I am Mike Heck. Hope everyone's having a great Thursday, a great week. It's been a weird week for your pal Mike. I have felt like caca pretty much all week long. Feel a little bit better today. You're listening to the show Tuesday. It sounded like I was dying. I uh, feel a little bit better a couple days later. As a lot of you probably know, I'm out in South Carolina. Been here a couple of years. And hurricane was coming our way yesterday. And it sent everybody into a frenzy. School was not canceled, but became like homeschool. Back to the Zoom thing. Yesterday and today... In preparation for all of this, a lot of the businesses closed, a lot of the city buildings closed. They called for a state of emergency in our area, a whole bunch of stuff. And the storm really didn't do much. We lost power for like a few minutes yesterday, and that's really it. Dog got walked like three times. Uh, we got some rain, we got some wind, but that's really it. So, pretty blessed that that is the case. My parents are in Florida. And obviously, I was very worried about what could have happened down there, but even they didn't get too much. So it was definitely more of a let's expect the worst, but hope for the best kind of a thing. And we kind of got the best of it. So obviously, for those who got hit hard by the storm, obviously, the thoughts go out, but not too bad where I'm at. So, uh, but. We're back on a Thursday. It's going to be a busy day. We got this show. We got BTL at 12.30. It's going to be Jed, Mishu, and Jose Youngs getting after it, getting you ready for UFC Paris, the fallout of UFC Singapore, some news and notes. And, yeah, like I said, we got UFC Paris coming up on Saturday. Right now we're at a nice, tight 11 fights. Cyril Gon, Sergey Spivak, the main event. We got Men and Fiora welcoming Rose Namajunas to the flyweight division. Big fight there. We got Benoit Santini, Tiago Moises. Love that fight. That was a shared Otno point for myself and my best friend, A.K. Lee. A friends forever Otno point. Vulcan Ozdemir is back against Bogdan Guskov. 
We got some shuffle-ups. Taylor Lapalus is now fighting Kowlin Lochran. William Gomi now fighting Giannis Gamori. Some opponents f- fell out, and we just kind of like flipped some things around and, and matched up some other folks. Uh, Reese McKee is back. We got some a lot of debuting fighters. We got Fareed Basharat coming back as well. It's a uh, it's a decent card. It's not fantastic, but it's fine. Main events got stakes. Co-main events got stakes. I love the featured fight. Rest is just kind of local stuff. And for the fans that are going to be in attendance in Paris, I think they're going to be pretty happy with everything as, as far as this card goes. So, <coughs> excuse me. Sorry about that nastiness. But let's go to you guys. It is Thursday. We can talk about Paris. We can talk about Dana White. After Dana White's Contender Series, getting after some folks at the post-fight presser. A um, whole bunch of stuff we could talk about. So let's get into this thing, and we'll start with Drew. What's up, Drew? Hey, what's up, Mike? I don't mean to dwell on uh, UFC Singapore too much, but um, with Holloway winning, you know, a lot of people are saying no chance that he gets vote for. So I... I put out the idea and a lot of others have too about the Poirier trilogy at lightweight so I just wanted to think about that and what do you think about the state of the welterweight division right now possible Usman wonder boy I mean it seems like not a mess but there's a lot of question marks Shafkat Gary you know just let me know what you think thank you thanks man uh dude if they want to do Holloway Poirier three I'm down for that I will watch that fight a million times you know, the first fight was two two young men growing up in the game. And the second fight was for the interim lightweight title, and it was awesome. It was an awesome fight. And it doesn't get the respect that it deserves because if you watch that fight live, it followed one of the, at worst, 10 best fights in the history of the UFC between Israel Adesanya and Kelvin Gastelum. So it was kind of like an emotional dump after that fight. And then you still had a certified banger between Poirier and Holloway to go. And that fight almost gets forgotten about because that, that card is really good. That co-made event kicked ass, but yeah, you want to go ahead and do that. I'm fine with it. My thought for Holloway is I still think, I still think he wants the Volk fight and he's going to have to play stopper for a little while. I don't think he's ever going to get it again, but I do think there's a world where, you know, if Volk beats Ilya Taporia, because I do believe that fight's going to happen. A lot of people are saying like, oh, let's just do Holloway Taporia. No, no, let's not do that. Let's just give Ilya his title shot. Everyone wants to see it. Let's see if he can beat Volk. The dude is so talented. Let's see if he can do it. Let's see if he can do it. So I think he has earned the title shot. Let's just give it to him. Volk seems to want it. The only roadblock that Volk kind of put in the way of Taporia was if Aljamain Sterling had beat Sean O'Malley and was going up to 145, then in Volk's mind, all right, well, Makachev gave me a shot when I moved up, so I'm, I'm going to do the same for, for Aljo. And it's kind of a mess right now because Aljamain Sterling doesn't know what he's going to do. He's going to try to get this rematch, which he's not going to get with Sean O'Malley. Marab wants this fight. I don't think he's going to get it with Sean O'Malley either. 
Both men are willing to kind of step to the side for the other, which obviously pissed off Dana White, as you heard during his press conference on Tuesday after the Contender Series. It's just kind of a mess right now. So honestly, I've been saying this since UFC 292. Aljamain Sterling should not be focused on Sean O'Malley right now. He should not be focused on Bantamweight right now. He should be focused on going up to 45, and he should be focused on trying to find a way to get that Volkanovski fight. And what's the best way to get that Volkanovski fight? You fight Max Holloway. Turn your attention to Max. Do what you got to do. Like, you might lose, but you might not. And if you ever want to fight Volk, you got to beat Max. And especially for, for Alger right now. I think him getting to Sean O'Malley is nearly impossible right now. And honestly, the only th- chance I think Sean O'Malley would ever fight Aljo again is if Aljo somehow won the featherweight title. And Sean O'Malley was like, you know what? I already beat this dude once. I'm going to go up there and try to win a second belt. So, yeah, it's kind of a mess right now. As far as welterweight goes... Yeah, it is kind of a mess. We still don't even know when Leon versus Colby is going to happen. We don't know yet. We don't know if it's going to be November. We don't know if it's going to be December. We don't know if it's going to be early next year. I have We don't know. And that kind of opens things up. Now, I know Wonderboy wants the Kamara Usman fight. And it seems like Kamara Usman wants the Wonderboy fight. And if I'm Kamara Usman, that's the fight you want. Because you get a name who's very popular stylistically, it's a really good matchup for you. I don't think it does a whole lot for Usman other than just kind of getting back in the win column. I don't think it gets him a title fight or anything like that unless Colby wins, but maybe Colby will want the Usman fight. Maybe he'll want to go a different direction. I don't know. If Leon wins, that doesn't do anything for Usman because that fight's not going to happen again. Wonderboy winning changes everything, but... I kind of feel like the UFC is not going to do Wonder Boy any favors here. I feel like they're, the Ian Gary fight is, is something that the UFC is going to push towards. And I kind of feel like that's the fight we're going to get. So then what do we do with Usman? It's a great question. Do you do Bilal versus Usman? Do you do Shafkat versus Usman? I don't know. But you're right. Welterweight kind of a mess right now and Without knowing the result, like we don't even know when the title fight's happening. And without knowing the result of the title fight, we're just kind of in this globity glob at 170. Because if Colby wins, all bets are off. Everything is in play. Everything is in play. From Connor to Poirier getting a title shot at 170, like all these different things are in play if Colby wins. And if Leon wins, it'll be sort of business as usual. So we kind of have to wait and see how this all plays out. But yeah, 170 is kind of, uh, it's exciting. There's a lot of up and comers on the way up, but until we figure out what's going to happen with the, with the title fight, we're in a mess here. Uh, go ahead, Quarter Sports. I got you. All right. So I wanted to talk about um, Ciro Gone. So he's fighting Sergey Spivak. And I don't know, like on a scale of 1 to 10, where would you rate it? pressure for him to get this victory because he has he's 0-2 in title fights. Um, I understand that he wasn't expecting um, Francis Ngannou to actually wrestle and I believe none of us were. Um, 
And then for him to get submitted by John Jones in under a minute and a half um, was pretty surreal. But I just feel like, you know, he's facing now another grappler. He um, doesn't look very good against grappler. The last time he actually looked very successful was against uh, Tai Tuivasa um, a year ago in, in Paris. So I just don't know, you know, how high are the stakes are for Cyril Gaon. I know for Sergey Spivak, um, this is just pretty much, I feel like, um, like this is just gravy. If he wins, then, um, and maybe two fights away from a title fight, but I don't know where that, uh, real Ghana. And as for, um, Manny Puro, now she's fighting Rose Nami Yunus and the same thing with her. Where would you rate like the, like the criteria, you know, like, how much does she need to get this win? Because I heard Jed on uh, No Best Bar call her the the Caitlyn Chukagian, like like a, I guess you could say like a a far better version of Caitlyn Chukagian that just throws a little bit more volume. And I'm just thinking that is would Manon be with a loss, maybe like a top three, like gate, yeah, gatekeeper. All right, Mike, that's all I got to say. Thanks. Thanks, man. Um... I mean, I think Cyril has to win this fight. If I mean, look, Paris is a big market for the UFC, so obviously having Cyril around, he's, he's got to get opportunities. And we have to remember as well, Sergey Spivak, as impressive as he has looked, uh, he is not John Jones. He's not John Jones. And there is a – and I remember John Anik telling me this like many times, like on air and off air. There is – an aura to John Jones that very few fighters in the history of sport carry. And John's just one of those dudes where like you see him up close. There's just something about him that's just like, all right, this is different. And being put in that situation, it's not easy. It's not easy getting in there with John Jones, the comeback fight, all the pressures that went with that. This, this probably feels like easy breezy to Cyril God. He gets to do it at home against a pretty much untested guy. I mean, look at what Sergey has done in the UFC. Lost to Wal Harris, got knocked down less than a minute. He submitted Tai to Ivasa, lost to Marcin Tybora, beat Carlos Philippe, knocked out Jared Vandera, beat Alexio Olenek got run by Tommy Aspinall. And then his wins are... Excuse me. Uh, Greg Hardy, Augusto Sakai, both are no longer in the UFC, and Derek Lewis. And Derek, this is when Derek was not in the best health, as he talked about, had a horrible weight cut, and Derek's obviously not much of a grappler at all. And Derek just looked terrible in that fight. And he'd be the first one to tell you that. So if we look at, you know, when, when Sergey has fought high level heavyweights, he has not done very well. So I feel like Cyril's got a really good chance to win this fight. Like even if Sergey gets him down, I feel like Cyril is decent enough. And, I don't know. I feel like Cyril should win this fight. I feel like he should win this fight. Is there like a ton of pressure on him to win? 
I don't know. Probably like this is a fight he should win. If he loses this fight, I think we have to kind of take a look at Cyril Gaon. Like, I, I think we all touted him very highly. Obviously, a, a, a tremendous athlete, really good striker, great movement. I think a lot of things we we compliment Cyril Gaon about are all true. But if you lose to Sergey Spivak, this is the by far the worst loss of his career. It's the worst loss of his career, and this is not me disrespecting Sergey Spivak, but it just is. Just look at the record. It's the worst loss of his career. For Manon, I don't know. She's in a weird spot because even if she beats Rose, I I still don't think she jumps the line unless she does it like spectacularly. Like if she goes out and just kicks Rose in the face and knocks her out, like I think she'll get a little more buzz. But yeah, if she loses, I mean, she's not out of the picture altogether, but I don't think she immediately becomes a Chukagian. I think she'd be far below that because 120, she's still one of the up-and-coming 125ers. This is a former champion, very popular fighter. She gets the home game, which obviously helps. So, yeah, I don't think she drops to, like, gatekeeper status if she loses this fight, but... It definitely slows down her run to the title for sure. She probably have to win like, even with the run she's on, she's probably gonna have to win this and one more to get a title fight. And if she loses, she's probably gonna have to win like three or four more. So, definitely don't think she's in gatekeeper status. That's for sure. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May seventeenth, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Bay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Uh, let's go to Mikey. What's up, Mikey? So, all right. If Paul Felder is serious about coming back, I and mean, he's not just you know blowing smoke 
on Twitter for for likes, which I know he doesn't really do. But if he's getting the itch, fancy fancy book him. And who would it be against? I I don't think he's going to be able to come back this year. But I guess maybe twenty twenty four. I almost wanted to say he should fight Dustin Poirier. I think he should just fight Dustin Poirier at some point. So try the fantasy booking for me. And also, uh, it looks like RDA and Poirier might fight. So we'll give me your thoughts on that. And to uh, did you see All In? And give me your thoughts. All right. Thanks, guys. Be kind of one another. Talk to you later. Uh, RDA, Poirier. I know, like, RDA, like, from what I saw, and it's been a crazy week, so I haven't seen everything, but I know RDA called up Poirier. I don't think Poirier is going to take that fight. I don't think that's one that gets him, like, super excited. Unless he's just, like, hankering to fight. Because I feel like he could fight Nate. I feel like he could fight Nate Diaz in his next fight if he just was patient enough. So I think Nate would come back to the UFC. And I think Poirier just kind of chilled out for a bit and waited to see if Nate can come back. I, I honestly believe that Dustin can get that fight. And I don't think RDA does it for him. I really don't. I could be wrong. Poirier Felder would be fun. Holloway Felder would be fun. Maybe you do Felder Jim Miller at 155. Or UFC 300 or something. That's fine. I would like that. Just don't... Like, we're not in the... Just don't throw Felder in there with, like, Fazeev or Sarukian or Jalen Turner or anybody like that. Let's just... Like, if he wants to do one more, let's give him, like, a fun vet fight. You know what I mean? Someone with a lot of experience, a lot of fights. Another fighter that fans respect and revere. But, yeah, I think all those options are great. I think all those options are great. Um, all in. I talked about it on Tuesday. Good show. Uh, for anyone <coughs> – excuse me. A lot of people are saying this is, like, the greatest pay-per-view of the 2020s and it was the best pay-per-view of the year in wrestling. I don't agree with either of those sentiments, but uh, I enjoyed it. The things that were good were really good. Uh, the things that were bad were really bad. Uh, I love the main event. MJF is the best in the world right now. He's the five-tool player of professional wrestling. The stadium stampede match was awful. It was a big, giant, heaping pile of shit. Uh, It was cool to see Soraya win the women's title, but the match was, like, rushed and clumped together. And while I understand Soraya getting the pop, her winning the title makes no sense to me. And, yeah, the finishes are pretty awful overall. Uh, tag team title match is great. Yeah, things that were great were great. Things that were bad were really bad. Um, and the crowd was the, was the MVP of it all. I think it's very – I think it's very risky to go back and do it again next year. But we'll see. I, you know what? If, you, if you're AEW – any of the wrestlers that competed, anybody a part of that company, uh, you should be very proud. But it's kind of unfortunate that the big story that has come out of that event was not what happened in the ring, but what happened out of it with CM Punk and Jack Perry and all that stuff. Like, that's been the biggest story that's come out of it, and it's unfortunate. 
But good for AEW. It was a pretty good show. I enjoyed it. Uh, Mayonnaise face McFlanagan. Hello. What's going on, Mike? Quick question. Does uh, Fareed Basharat have an opportunity this week to be low-key banger of the card? Um, I mean, I've watched a couple of his fights so far. Pretty uh, exciting guy. So I wanted to just get your thoughts on that. Um, I would say he's probably one of the low-key fighters to watch on the card. Especially since his fight with Clayton is, I believe it's like the second, the second fight. But I, I feel like he should win this fight rather easily. He's good. He's real good. Him and him and Javid are really good fighters. So hap- always happy to see him back. Bantamweight is just crazy. And Farid just just a good one. He's probably he's one of the low key fighters for sure. Having this fight on this card doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Farid Basharat and Clayton Rodriguez fighting in in Paris. Kind of weird, but should be fun. It should be fun. I'm, I'm pretty high on, on Freed Basharat. Uh, Joey T, what's up? Oh, Mike. Good, how are you? I'm good. Um, So, would you say this main event for Saturday, at least stylistic-wise, is similar to Sterling and O'Malley? Because how I currently see it is if uh, Spivak is not able to hold down Gon, and Gon can get up with no problem, or Honest to God, I think if Gon does stop the takedowns early, at least round one, would it shock you if Gon just absolutely just lets his hands fly and could potentially get him out round one, which two of Spivak's losses are in round one by KO, which we've seen in previous fights. And two, um, I think I asked this before. I know the schedule stuff for December for the fights. I still haven't heard anything about the Atlantic City card, which – a lot of like Philadelphia and New Jersey fighters are like bragging about. Yeah, so I know that's being talked about. Um, I know that's being discussed. I'm not really sure like when that would happen. Maybe they do it like the last card of the year. I think was it the 16th? Maybe. Let me just look it up real quick. Um, 295 is MSG. 296 is the 16th, so maybe December 9th. I think they're looking at the 16th will be the last card of the year, I would guess, because I don't think they're going to do one two days before Christmas. So if it's going to happen, it's going to be December 9th. Um, If you watch the Contender Series post-fight presser, there was... One fighter who had mentioned December 2nd being in Minneapolis. And I had heard that they're targeting Minneapolis for December as well. So I would not be shocked if December 2nd would be in Minneapolis. Maybe they do Atlantic City on the 9th. 16th will be in Vegas. So, yeah, I, I we talked about that maybe like three or four weeks ago on the show. Uh, that was the talk. Seem like it's a strong possibility, but things change all the time. Schedules change all the time. So until like the UFC officially announces it, not really sure. Uh, even like the Sao Paulo card no, on November fourth, like seemed like that was the direction. Then it was like, yeah, it's not done yet, and then we found out it was done. So 
if it's going to happen, it'll be December 9th, but not 100% done yet, but it seems like a strong possibility. And then Gon Spivak is like Aljo Sean? No, not really. I mean, I get where you're coming from, but I think... I kind of do agree with you that Cyril's just going to go ham in this fight. I think being at home and being in Paris and having a chip on your shoulder, I think he's going to be a lot more aggressive in this fight. So I definitely see that. Uh, Latino Heat, what's up? Hello, good morning. But um, what is your thoughts on Dana White's comments on Marab? Um, yeah, so Dana just went bananas on Marab and kind of Aljo too. Let me pull up the exact. Let me pull up the exact thing. All right, so Dana is asked about Aljo and Marab kind of like getting out of each other's way for a potential fight with Sean O'Malley. And you can see Dana kind of roll his eyes and all that. And what he said was, quote, everybody in this room and everybody that watches this video knows how I feel about this shit. Yeah, I hate it. And if that's – why did you even get into the sport if that's your mentality – in the way that you think. I don't even want the title. I don't want the championship. We're friends. We're this, we're that. This is not... You could be friends with everybody in this business. There's a lot of nice people in this business. A lot of good people. This is not about friendship. It's about finding out who the best in the world is. If you don't want to find out who the best in the world is, this is not the place for you. You should be somewhere else. There's plenty of places to fight. Well, you don't give a shit what you do. It doesn't work here. Um... Yeah, I am not surprised by this. I mean, Dana has been going down this path for like a year now where it's like, all right, I understand your friends, but friends and teammates have fought before. You could fight and then you could be friends again after. Uh, And it's just a weird situation. A lot of people had asked me, like, do I feel like the UFC might cut Marab because of this. And I don't know if they will. I don't think they, they will. But if they did, like, and I like Marab a lot. But is it like a massive loss for the UFC if they did cut him? You lose a great fighter. But he's not like a star. So I don't know. It's, it's a weird situation. It's a weird situation. And I've been, I, I, we talked about this, like, even the build of 292. Like, you got to keep your focus on what's realistic. You can't just be like, oh, well, I'm going to get this. I'm going to get that. You have to understand, like, what's real and what isn't. And I know Marab's management came out on Twitter and was like, okay, if this sport's about finding out who the best in the world is, then Marab should get the title shot. And you know what? He's absolutely right about that because to me, Marab is the dude. Marab, if Aljo had won at 292, Marab to me was the only like guaranteed guy in the vacant title fight because he has done everything you needed to do to get there. But this isn't, (coughs) excuse me, I'm sorry, but this isn't the best in the world championship. This is about 
let's put butts and seats championship and let's sell pay-per-views championship. Sean O'Malley's not fighting Marab next. He's not fighting Aljo next. He's fighting Cheeto next. And that's the fight the UFC wants. This is what it was all built to. This is why the 292 main event happened when it happened. Because either we get a very interesting place where we crown a new champion, or it's the Sugar Show, and the Sugar Show is much more valuable right now to the UFC. Sean O'Malley is a star. Dude is a star. 292 mate, like it, it, the gate was incredible. Was it? Did it do like a million pay per views? No, I know Cejudo is out here saying 350, which is fine. 350 to four in, in today's day and age is pretty damn good. Uh, and it's kind of where I put this one, but it wasn't about this fight. It's about if Sean wins, what can he do in the next fight? It's setting the table for the next one. So, yeah, it's just kind of weird. But fighters just need to understand, like, what is realistic right now? What's the direction the company is going? And the company is not a meritocratic company. It's about putting on the biggest fights that are going to make the most money. As much as I like Aljo and as much as I like Marab, either one of those guys fighting Sean O'Malley is not the one. It just isn't. And it stinks, but it just isn't. Uh, let's go to Daniel. What's up, Daniel? Hey, Mike. Heck of a morning. Um, just wanted to talk a little bit about this card coming up here, um, about this Benoit, St. Denis, and this Moises fight. Um, just kind of curious what your thoughts on Benoit, St. Denis, what do you think his ceiling could possibly be? I mean, this fight feels like it should be a fun one. Um, I mean, Tiago Moises has obviously gone to decision quite a few times, but, you know, only time Benoit St. Denis ever been to decision. Uh, we all know what happened. That was a pretty crazy fight there. Um, but this fight just feels like it has fireworks written all over it. Um, yeah, just curious if you think this one goes the distance and what the ceiling is for Benoit. Thanks, Mike. I love this fight. Love it, love it, love it. This is the kind of fight I wanted to see for Benoit because I'm pretty high on him. I like him a lot. Dude is a gamer. He's a finisher. He's super aggressive. He's in super fun fights. Obviously, he's incredibly durable, as you saw in his UFC debut when he went up a weight class on, like, less than a week's notice. And now he's fighting a guy who is also really fun, but might be the best defensive fighter when it comes to striking at 155. Like, Thiago Moises is a pleasure to watch defensively. Like, he looks like he gets hit, but he very rarely gets hit. He's so good defensively. So technically sound on the feet. Uh, I love this fight. It's Honestly, it doesn't have the same stakes as the, the main and the co-main, but from a technical aspect, it's probably the most interesting fight on the card from a technical standpoint. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. Can't wait for it. CV, what's up? Yo, Mike, heck of a morning. Um, got a quick question. Um, is there any updates on uh, Davison Figueredo? Um, I know he, la- he fought last, um, back in January against Moreno. And um, just in your, uh, your overall thoughts on flyweight right now? Like, it's pretty quiet, especially because uh, ne- uh, next week, um, the Manel Cup and Kai Kara France fight's not going to happen because Kara France went through. 
And um, do you think there's still a path uh, back to the title for Figueredo? Just because I know he fought uh, Pantoja a while back and he won that fight unanimously. So uh, just your thoughts on him and on flyweight in general. Thanks. So the last I heard about Figgy, and please don't go and be like, oh, Mike Heck's saying this. Uh, the last I heard about Figgy, and this is already out there anyways, is there the plan was uh, they want to do Figgy versus Dominic Cruz at 135. I don't think Figgy's going back to 125. I think he's probably just going to bump up at this point, and there have been talks about Figgy versus Dominic Cruz. Uh, there are talks about maybe November for that fight. From what I understand, if that's the plan, that's going to be too soon. So it might happen in December. That's just being talked about. It is not done. It is far from it. Uh, but that's the last I heard. That's the last thing I heard about Figgy was uh, potentially Dominic Cruz. Um, but I'm not telling you something that hasn't already been reported. So, um, But it looks like November might be too soon. So that could be still the direction. But to me, I feel like there's – very little chance Figgy's fighting at 125 in his next fight. Why would he? Why would he? And flyweight's interesting. I kind of feel like Brandon Royval's going to get a title shot. Uh, Cole, hello. Hi, Mike. Um, yeah, I'm, I was happy to hear that uh, Thomas Jefferson – or, uh, sorry, uh, Thomas Peterson said that the UFC was coming to UFC – or Minneapolis and, uh, on the 2nd of December. I'm freaking hyped for that. But um, – yeah, this is just like a stupid thing. I I saw uh, Connor's like tweet yesterday of him saying, "I like, this is my WWE uh, persona, Ron McMahon. I uh, went astray from the family and made my riches by selling alcohol." I don't know. I was just wondering if you saw that. I just got like a dumb kick out of that. But um, yeah, that's all I got. Uh, have a hell of a day. Thanks, man. I didn't see that, um, but I will go look for it. Connor can be clever what he wants to be. And then he just get gets on these rampages and you're just like, the hell are you doing, dude? But I'll, I'll go check that out for sure. Uh, YVMZ, hello. Hi, Mike. Uh, just a quick question for you. Uh, what do you think Sean Strickland's keys to victory are against Adesanya? I, d- I just don't see a world where he's going to win. Thanks a lot. Um, just make it ugly. Make it ugly. Put him up against the fence, get in close range, clinch a lot. <clears throat> like, just, just go. Really. Just go. Don't, be with, don't do what Jared Cannonier did. Don't stand at distance and, like, give Izzy a chance to just do what Izzy does. Just make this as ugly as possible. Turn this into a street fight. It may not go well for him, but honestly, it's probably his best chance to win. A lot of people would say, like, go wrestle. No. No, don't burn yourself out trying to take Izzy down. It's really good takedown defense. Just get in there and get after it. Go for broke. From the second the fight starts till the second it ends, just go. Get in his face and throw as much as possible. And talk a lot. Yeah, just make this as ugly as you can. Panda, hello. My man, Mike, how are we? Good, how are you? I'm doing all right. 
Um, yeah, two questions for you. One, I almost want to pile on what you were just talking about. Um, I couldn't agree more. I think Marab is in like the worst spot ever right now in the Bantamweight division because his buddy Aljo promised him. He's like, I'm ready to go. I'm going to win the title, and then I'm going to give you your spot. And now uh, let's run a rematch. Let's do this. Let's do that. And you know Sean O'Malley, that is the last name coming out of his mouth. Uh, secondly, it looks like we got a little breakdown of Kobe and John and why it's taken so long. As I continue to ask, the answer goes further and further away. When is the projected date for Kobe versus Leon? Thank you, Mike. Um, I mean, Dana was asked about it on Tuesday, and he's just like, well, Colby said it, so it's Daily Mail shit, I believe was the exact terminology. So I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. I feel like November is the best place for it. But again, like we don't know what's happening in December. We don't know what's happening with Connor. We don't know what's happening with the fight with Chandler. We have no clue. So <clears throat> until we can iron out December, we can't – I don't know. It's just, it's just very strange. But I feel like we have to wait and see what's going to headline December before we can slot something in. So, you know, we got <clears throat> Yuri and Alex. We got a whole bunch of fights that, like, need to be booked, but – I think November is the best spot for it. I think Leon's preparing for November. I think both guys are preparing for November. Let's just do it on that card. It, it'd just be so crazy. Like, just go after it. Get John and Colby at the presser. Let them talk a bunch of smack to each other. We'll, we'll just create some moments, you know? It'll either be November or December. Because doing it in January or February outside of the U.S. makes absolutely no sense. Uh, Jay Stat, hello. Hello, Mike. Uh, heck of a morning to you. You too, man. What's up? Um, what's next for Derek Lewis, and where does Parker Porter fit into all this? Bye. Yeah. Um, Parker Porter doesn't fit in with Derek Lewis, unfortunately. Um, who should Derek Lewis fight? Oh, Jarzinho. Like that's 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 a no brainer. Like. Just go fight Jarzinho. I've been waiting for this. Like, this is the fight everybody's wanted to see. Just go fight Jarzinho. No wrestling. They're just going to stand and throw hams at each other. That's the fight. Him and Jarzinho. That's what I want to see. Hopefully we get that before the end of the year. Uh, let's go to Viking. Do we have... Viking. Viking, are you there? Hi, buddy. How are you? Good, how are you? What's up, man? Mm, I'm pretty bad. I'm going through a lot. I'm going through a serious mental health issues. I just can't even breathe. I didn't want it. I didn't want to be here in this space, but you know, it's okay to share your problem with someone, all the listeners, and you. So, yeah, man. Thanks a lot for being there. I'm uh, I'm in a lot of trouble. I can't even breathe. 
Thanks, man. Yeah, I'm sorry to hear that. Um, yeah, just try to try to relax, my man. Try to relax. Go for a walk. Hit some bags. I don't know. But I, I always feel like when I'm feeling kind of rotten, you just go out there and you just hit something or you smash a golf ball around or just go for a walk and get some fresh air and that you feel better. But I hope, I hope you feel better, man. I really do. Definitely hope you feel better. And I hope I feel better soon too. Uh, Cause I'm just hacking away. It's not easy to host these shows when you can't speak, but uh, all right. I think we're good here. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Uh, 10 a.m. Eastern. We'll do it again. It'll be, uh, I think the weigh-ins for Paris will be wrapped and packed by then. So we'll react to that and see if anybody missed or anybody like that. See what Rose looks like on the scale at 125. And it's also free for all Fridays. We can talk about some other shit too. And we'll have a good time. So BTL, 1230 Eastern time. Jen Bishu versus Jose Youngs. Lots to talk about there. And... Appreciate you all very much. Appreciate your patience and dealing with the sickliness and trying to get through all this. So uh, you all rule. Thank you all so much. Back tomorrow, 10 a.m. Eastern. Have a great rest of your Thursday. And as always, have a heck of a morning, everybody. Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S., and visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it.